Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. A couple that uh, just we've learned to love over the years and just have grown to appreciate. I don't think you'll find a couple that's got any greater spirit and a greater burden and passion for the work of God than our guest speaker today. He and his wife have served for years in Argentina as missionaries. Here in the last little while have been appointed as regional director for South America and overseeing a great and a wonderful revival there. You're going to be blessed by the Word of God today. We want you to open your heart to that Word. As that Word brings life into us, and we embrace it as the engrafted Word of God in our heart. Would you put your hands together and welcome our guest, Reverend Michael Sponson. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Isn't it exciting to know that the kingdom of God is not just one little tiny place, literally around the world, literally around the world, places we don't even dream of. The name of Jesus is being broadcast and published right now. Amen. It is so good to be here in Norman again at AWC. The church we pastored in Portland was also called Apostolic Worship Center. Had a bunch of young people that were just the most irreverent things in the world. We tried to call it Apostolic Worship Center, and they said it's AWC. There you go. And uh, it's good to be with brother and sister boarders. We love them, and you are blessed, church, to have a pastor and first lady such as brother and sister boarders. Amen. Amen. We love them dearly, and every time we get to come through, uh, it's always exciting. See, brother and sister Borges. Good to see la hermana Patti Burgess, que todavía es de Argentina, si ella le gusta o no. And it's good to see Sister Van Oy. Uh, some missionary people, and once you're a missionary, you're always a missionary. That's just the way life is. I'm going to let you be seated and uh, want to say thank you, Brother Borders, for the opportunity to be here on this exciting Sunday. And it is exciting. Missions is always exciting. There's never a dull moment. Even when things are going bad, it's always exciting. Um, even when you're driving down the road and somebody tries to carjack you with a gun to your head, that's exciting. You know, that's, that's not the most fun thing, but it's exciting. And uh, when I married Sister Sponsor, I said, if you'll marry me, I'll take you places, and life will be an adventure. I have been true to my word. And uh, that's why you see a few gray hairs. I caused every one of them. So just that's the way it is. And we want to thank this church also. Since 2007, you have partnered with us as a partner in mission. And um, you have been faithful, and we thank you for that. Because you have enabled us to be able to reach, I don't even know how many people, but to see the presence and power of God fall and to see the things taking place. And when the Lord called and moved on us to become regional directors. We weren't looking for it. We were in Argentina and, and enjoying the, the beefes and the, the asados and, and everything that was going on. And someday if you ever get to Argentina, you will see what they're going to serve at the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
There is going to be a giant barbecue with whole cows just on the parisha, and they're going to have just an awesome time. So get ready. If you're a vegetarian, you won't want to go to heaven because they're going to have meat there. Amen. But uh, the Lord called us, and we accepted the position of the regional directors, and it is still needing partners and missions, so we thank you for your continued support. But this past year, in fact, this kind of brings me to where I want to go today in the Word of God. <clears throat> we have seen an incredible move of God in South America, perhaps like we have never seen before. I was praying one day and, and uh, praying about some situations we had facing us there, and suddenly I got a letter from a district superintendent, and he wrote to me and said, Brother Sponsor, the Lord told me the last three days in prayer that South America is going to experience the greatest revival it has ever had in its history. So tell the leaders to get ready for the massive influx of souls that are going to take place. And it's already been happening, even in 2020, when they had the massive COVID lockdown and all that debacle that took place and, and uh, in Argentina when we were there, the only things that could stay open were the bars and the gym. Everything else had to shut down. So go figure. You could get drink and you could you get drunk and you could exercise, but you couldn't go to the house of God. But they didn't stop families from getting together. And so the pastor said, well, if we can't have the people come to church, we're going to take the church to them. And they started home fellowship groups. And in the middle of total lockdown, the church in Argentina grew 21%. So I'm telling you folks, what your pastor just got through preaching or, or talking about, about what he's doing, he started to, to, to preach on my message, and I was just going to sit back and enjoy it. But I'm telling you that we are living in the days of unprecedented growth and revival around the world. Kingdom of God is expanding. Amen. And just, just not long ago, in the country of Bolivia, where we had the national conference, we saw over 600 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in just two and a half days. We saw a man that had never walked. His, his spine was twisted, but he stood and began to walk up and down as God completely healed him. In the country of Bolivia, we saw a little boy who, who had never walked, but God instantly healed him, and he got up, jumped up, and started running around the church. It's the one time we didn't stop a kid from running in church because God had healed him. In countries that have traditionally had struggles, in the country of Paraguay, Sister Burgess, they've come in contact with a group of oneness people, over 3,000 strong, that want to join the United Pentecostal Church. Massive growth that is taking place. And folks, I'm telling you, that's in the middle of socialism and communism. I'm here to tell you that my God is bigger than a government, than any political party. Don't you ever let this world dictate your faith. Amen. In fact, I want to get into the Word of God. We're going to take a look at two portions of Scripture. 2 Kings chapter 6 and uh, verse number 15 and also Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. I think it's just a good time to get into the Word of God. I want to talk to you today about God's perspective. God's perspective. 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15. And I think I'm reading it to you in the New King James Version. I'm not exactly sure. 
kind of sounds like it. When the servant of the man of God arose early, went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, this is, this is Elisha, and he said, Don't fear, for those that are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, give him a new perspective. That's sponsorless translation. The Word of God says, open his eyes that he may see. If we've ever needed healing, we as a church need a spiritual healing for eyes to be able to see the greatness of God, the power of God, the majesty of God, the, 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 the absolute sovereignty of God. And then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And Ephesians chapter 3 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, now unto him, now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You ever stop to think what you have inside of you? You ever stop to think that Holy Ghost that's beating in your heart and guiding and leading you is what hell shakes and trembles of? According to the power that works in us, that's an interesting thought. Just how much power do we have inside our hearts? To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. To all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I want to talk to you today just a little bit about God's perspective. God bless you. You can sit down. We had a nephew that used to live south of Tucson, Arizona. And uh, it was hot there, dry there. It was desert. It was dusty. And uh, I, guess, I guess the only good thing about it is you didn't have to mow the lawn because there wasn't any lawn. You could mow the rocks if you wanted to or the sand, but that was about it. But we went up to the mountains and to a mountain range that overlooked the desert. And he just casually mentioned you know, there's people that live out there in that desert. And they know where to get water. They know where to get food. And they love it there. They love the heat. They love the adventure. They love living in the desert. When I was looking at it, I saw nothing. But to them, their perspective was totally different than my perspective. Someone said not too long ago, that in the world we live in today, there are two rivers flowing. There is the river of negativism, of fear, of doubt, of worry, of anxiety. When panic attacks are rising, anxiety is rising like, like never before. When every time you pick up the paper or you listen to the news, it's always negative, 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 negative. The pictures you see on the front pages are of riots and are of, of things taking place. And, and, and it, it affects the societies, ladies and gentlemen. But there's also a river flowing. 
that is the river of faith and the river of saying God can do anything. That around this world there is a powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's taking place. There's a tremendous move of God that is flowing. And folks, there's two rivers. Do you know that in the country of North Korea, anytime we think about North Korea, all we think about is, is, is the communists, the oppression. But we just got news not too long ago that there are a group of Jesus' name baptized, Holy Ghost-filled believers in North Korea, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to tell you something. You're not going to stop God. You're not going to stop God. His word is going to get out there. In Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Iran, places that normally we think are totally shut, there are people that worship just like we worship. There's people that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. So there's two rivers flowing in this world today, the river of doubt and fear and anxiety and the river of, feel the Holy Ghost, and the river of revival and the power of God. And which river you choose to swim in is going to determine where you are in these last days. They're in Dothan, and the king of Syria comes to war against Israel, and Elisha tells the king not to go a certain way. I'm making a short story long for you. The Syrian king calls the cabinet meeting, asks who the spy is, because every time they go to get the king of Israel, he's not there. So somebody says, it's not us, it's the preacher. That's always convenient. The preacher's fault. Elisha's servant gets up one early morning to take a walk and he goes on the wall and promptly has an anxiety attack. Master, what are we going to do? Because the Syrian army's out there and they're surrounded and they're powerful and they're mighty. And Elisha didn't call down fire. He just said, give him a perspective change. Let him see what's really out there. And when the young man opened up his eyes, he didn't see Syria anymore. He saw the chariots of the Lord. He saw the hosts of the Lord. He had a change of perspective. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, when you begin to not look through your eyes, but begin to look through God's eyes, it changes situations completely. When you begin to understand that God's bigger, God's greater, God's mightier, there's no trial bigger than God, there's no disappointment bigger than God, there's no past that's bigger than God. There's no present that's bigger than God. But when you get a perspective change, things start to transform. Things start to awaken in our hearts. I firmly believe that we are living in the most exciting time in the history of man. I mean bigger than the book of Acts? Yes, bigger than the book of Acts. We are seeing people, more people receive the Holy Ghost in a single day than they did at the day of Pentecost. That seems sacrilegious. No, that's God's plan. That's God's plan. It's God's plan for Norman. Well, thank you all four of you that believe that. I'm here to tell you something. It's God's plan for Norman. <laughs> 
This might be the last time Brother Borders asked me to preach. I'm going to tread today where, where angels fear to tread. But I'm here to tell you the greatest days of Norman, Oklahoma are just around the corner. They are right here. They are here right now. We got to get a perspective change, folks. Our days aren't over. We're not just here to occupy till Jesus comes. This church is mighty. It's a marching force. We've got power beating within us. When you walk down the streets of this town, when you go to a coffee shop, there's something radiating out to you that this world des- Oh, my God. Get a perspective change, ladies and gentlemen. You are going to have something happen that this building will not be big enough to contain. There's more opportunities for the church to see what's only been read about until now. But it takes a different perspective than what we've had before. A lifting up of our eyes to see things and a lifting up of our heart to believe things. A willing heart to experience the things that that God has prepared for those who believe. I'll never forget a few years ago when, when God began to change my perspective because I've never considered myself a prophet, never considered myself a son of a prophet. I don't have any gifts that I know about, maybe the gift of suspicion. I've got the gift of suspicion. It works a lot. And, uh, but I just got hungry to see the supernatural. And I, I got hungry to see miracles take place. And so I started praying. God, I, I'd like to see some miracles. I'd like to see some things take place, and I'm no healer. I don't walk up and bingo, your leg pops out five inches more than the other one. In fact, I've prayed for people, and they die. So it's not always the most secure thing to have me pray for you. But we got back from deputation, I think it was in 2014, and we went to a restaurant a P.F. Chang's that was in Argentina, and it was nothing like a P.F. Chang's here. It was nasty. But there was a, a waitress, and we walked up, we sat down, she came over to us, and she said, you know, can I take your order? And I said, yeah, you can, but, but how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing awful. She started to cry. And she said, my dad had a stroke last night, and they don't expect him to live. Without even thinking, folks, without even thinking, it just popped out of my mouth. I said, well, where is he? We'll go pray for him, and the Lord will heal him. And the moment I said that, the thought hit my mind. Sponsor, you big fool. Do you know what you just said? You just promised that lady God's going to heal her dad. And that means I have to go and socialize. Scary stuff. She said, well, how much would you charge me to go pray for him? I said, what do you mean? She said, well, our priest said he'd go and pray for him, but we'd have to pay for it. Made me mad. My righteous German temper started rising. I said, we won't charge you a thing. You just tell us where he is. Let's see what God can do. We walked, Sister Spalser and I walked into that hospital room, and Jorge was there on the bed. He couldn't talk. He couldn't hardly breathe. Fear was in his eyes. He couldn't say a word, but the man was literally hours from dying. And we just walked up there. Brother Borders, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a healer. I don't do campaigns. I don't have it. I'm skeptical. I'm cynical. And I got suspicion. 
If you need that, I'm your man. But we just walked up and said, by the authority and power of the name of Jesus and the authority and power of the word of God, we command life to flow into this body and we command healing to flow. Said, Jorge, good to see you. We'll see you later. And we took off, walked away. We were in that room less than two minutes. And the next morning, Sister Sponsor called her up and said, how's your dad doing? And I heard her screaming on the phone from the other side of the room. She said, dad is sitting up on the side of the bed. He's eating. He wants breakfast. He's demanding demanding to go home. Can I tell you something, folks? If God can use someone that just is like me and, and, and the situations I face, he can use each and every one of you. It is time to understand that that which beats in our heart is greater than anything that's out in the world. Don't look at your inabilities. Look at God's abilities. Look at what God can do. And you're the emissary. You're the ambassador. So my challenge to you today is, can you believe God for anything and everything? Just how far and how much can you let your faith fly and take you? You see, God's not limited to culture and nationality and language. But to anyone who can just let God be God, he will do things that will simply amaze us. He'll heal. He'll heal finances. He gives salvation. He gives provisions. It doesn't make any difference to God. All he's looking is someone to say, if you could use anybody, you could use me. He's looking at someone that will simply say, it's not what I can't do, but it's what he can do. If he could use a kid with a happy meal to feed 5,000 people, if he can use a little girl, just a simple sentence, if my master would go see the prophet in Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, no matter what your age, no matter what your position, no matter what your culture, no matter what your background is, there is a revival that is here and ready to take place if we can get beyond ourselves and into him. <sighs> National Pastors Conference in Argentina. We had a guest speaker, Brother Kleindensen. And the first night, in the middle of the message, there was about 3,000 people there. A transformer in the neighborhood blew. It was pretty spectacular. And all the lights went out in a building that housed over 3,000 people with no windows and no lights. It was pitch black. But it thanked God for cell phones. Because instantly, there was about 2,000 cell phone flashlights that went up. And we finished that meeting by cell phone flashlight. And over 50 people were filled with the Holy Ghost. And over 50 people claimed healing. Folks, not long ago, there were a couple of ladies in the, in the Liniers Church in Buenos Aires that, that came to get baptized. One had broken ribs that the doctors refused to deal with because she was too poor. And the other had a malignant tumor that, tumor that the doctor said, that it's going to kill you anyway, so we're not going to treat you. Why treat you? Because you're going to die and why waste money on you? 
But they both were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And the one with the broken ribs, when she came up out of the water, she began to shout and jump and dance because God had been completely healed those broken ribs and reset them. And the lady that had the tumor, she went down and came up. And when she came up, she was screaming, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone, because the tumor was completely taken care of. Oh, but that's just on the mission field. That's that's the stories that the missionaries bring back. No, it's not. It's happening all around the United States. In a small little tiny town in eastern Washington State is a church. That church meets in a building that's over 100 years old. A few years ago, there was a man that had attended that church, and he died And he was without a heartbeat for over 45 minutes. The pastor went up to the hospital room. And as the doctors were disconnecting tubes, he asked the doctors, can I pray for that man? Been dead 45 minutes. They're unplugging the guy. And the pastor says, can I go pray for him? The doctor said, you're nuts. Yeah, I guess go ahead. Ain't going to hurt nothing. That pastor prayed for that man. He took a gasp of air and began breathing again. God raised him from the dead. Here in the United States, I could go on and on and on of the things we've seen and the things that are being reported that it's happening. There's no doubt. But the question is, can our perspective change from what we've experienced in our problems and our circumstances? Can our perspective change to begin to understand that God is the God of the impossible and that all things really do work together for the good to them that love God? Church, let me tell you something. It is the greatest day for the church that's ever existed. See, when we get a perspective change, it wakes our faith up. Interesting things take place when there's a change in our perspective. Faith begins to wake up like never before. Faith is never passive. It's always active. It is. James gives a tremendous lesson on this. He states in, in James 2.20, but, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? By works, faith was made perfect. Scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. She had hemorrhaged over 12 years. By law, she was perpetually unclean. Medically, she was an impossibility. However, one day a perspective change took place and instead of being a victim of the circumstances of life, she heard that Jesus was coming and she saw possibilities instead of circumstantial conditions and when that happened, faith woke up. If I can just touch the hem 
of his garment. That's all I need to do. I don't need a bathtub full of olive oil dumped all over me. I don't need a big scene. I don't need to wait till tonight. All I need to do is get close enough to touch the hem. Her perspective begin to change. Her perspective begin to understand. It's not the bleeding condition I have. It's not my infirmity. But Jesus is walking down the aisle. And if Jesus walks down the aisle, and if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I need. Do you see the perspective change that was taking place in the heart of this woman? And then active faith kicked in. She made her way through the crowd. She broke religious laws. She broke society's laws. She wasn't supposed to be around anybody, but she said, hey, I don't care. Get out of my way. I got a miracle that's going to happen. Instead of being the victim, she saw the possibility. She made her way through the crowd and touched him and was healed. Lazarus was dead, and his sisters knew he was dead and had been dead for four blessed days. He was dead. And Martha's perspective was, if you had been here sooner, Jesus... If you had just done things my way. But looks what happens when active faith kicks in. The perspective changes. I know he'll live again. Faith awakes. Show me where you laid him. Faith active faiths and says roll the stone away. I'm here to tell you some of you face what seems to be impossible situations. But let your faith kick in to God's level. It's not hard. It's not impossible. Look at things through God's perspective. And God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Somebody said, above all, above all, above all, above that prodigal that you've been praying for. And it only seems to get worse. Above all that situation you're facing on your job. Above that situation that you're facing in your home. Above that situation, I'm here to tell you, when your faith kicks in God's perspective says I can do anything I can touch anybody I can heal anyone <sighs> got a text from a friend this morning says what you preaching on I said I'm going where angels fear to tread let me talk about something because you're getting ready for a faith promise service and a mother's memorial service and an MTM service tonight but I'm going to tell you something right now. I firmly believe one of the greatest things holding back an active revival in many churches in the United States is this simple word of finances. You see how quiet it got just now? I rest my case. You can kill a service that's red hot, burning, boiling, people running, shouting, jumping, swinging from the lights. Well, that'd be a tough one in this building. But swinging from the lights and someone guy gets up and says, we're going to take the offering. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something. I've had a perspective change on finances. Because when you begin to understand 
that it's not mine anyway. Anything I got, God gave me. And when you get a perspective change on it, God can take 10% and do far more with 10% than we can if we hang on to that. We, we turn loose to act, to, for God to act on our behalf. Okay, I got the pastor agreeing with me. Some of you are still kind of staring at me. Hang on, he said I had to be through by 1130. That means you've got 27 minutes to listen to me. But Malachi said it. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. There may be meat in mine house. Prove me herewith, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room to recover. Do you see the perspective change here? Israel's griping and complaining. We don't have crops. We don't have money. Everything we got, everything is solid. Pockets that have holes in it. We put something in. It goes flying out the backside. And your kid picks it up. Or your wife does. And she's not talking. And they're complaining. They're griping. And whoa, my, 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 my. But God says, perspective change. Bring it all into the storehouse. Then faith awakes. Prove me. I can almost imagine God up there singing, bring it on. Then faith active happens. I'll open the windows of heaven. The more we try and hang on to God's provisions, the less we have. But the more we open up and say, God, yours anyway. I told you we had a perspective changing moments when it comes to finances in the kingdom of God. We were in Argentina in 1989 at the national conference when the finances were horrible, when the nation was in one of its nasty cycles because it goes through financial crisis about every 10 years and people did not even have enough money to take the bus. But we had a national conference and in that conference at the end of one of the service, a spirit of sacrificial giving swept over those people that were dealing with either choosing to pay the light bill or put some spaghetti on the plates of their home. And so they'd eat in the dark because they didn't have enough money to pay both. But it was in 1989 that I watched people come up and give titles to vehicles. I watched him put keys to motorcycles. Some guy did not even have anything. He took the shoes off his feet and placed them on the altar and walked out of the conference barefoot, but he gave it all to God. But they can tell you the Argentines, those that served there since 1989, it has been constant and steady growth. Miracles of properties being donated and given because in that time people learned if I can sacrifice and give to God, God can do the rest. Whoo, got a few more believers in the house. My wife and I were going through a pretty difficult time and we were visiting the church where our sons attend and the pastor's a good friend of ours and they had a building fund need. We had the grand total of $500 in our bank account. That was it. And they were having a sacrificial giving. 
And so I said, okay, God, I'll give $100. That'll leave me $400. That'll give me gas to get back to where we're going. And I looked over at my wife, and she was on the other side of the building. And I said, 100. And she just looked at me. She didn't say a word, just... And God said, give all of it. And I said, but 100's pretty good. Because that'll give me gas money to get home. And so I looked at my wife, and she's just still staring at me. She's just looking at me. Bless her sweet heart. Is that what they say in the South? Bless their hearts. Yeah. Bless her heart. And I said, one. She just looked. So I thought maybe she didn't understand, so I walked all the way around to the other side of the church and walked up to her and said, babe, let's give $100. And she said, do you think that's what God wants us to do? So I don't know, but that's what I want us to do. She said, don't you think that maybe we ought to do everything? She said, that's kind of what God spoke. I said, it's not fair, two against one. That's not right. I said, okay, you write the check. If I have to stand on a corner of a highway and say, we'll preach for food, I'll, I'll do it. She wrote out the check. We put it in. We were officially broke. Two days later, we were at a conference, and we saw a friend of ours we had not seen for years. And that man walked up to us and said, you know, I was praying two days ago, and God said, you need to give a check to the sponsors. And we walked he gave us a check, and folks, it was triple what I had given in the offering. Since that day, if there's an offering coming by, I'm going to give something. Because I've learned something. When I give it to God, when I open things up, God's got a way of taking care of his children. It takes a perspective change because this guy is as tight as a drum, as a drum. But when I turn around and begin to let God do what God could do, some of you are looking at me so hard, and that's so cool because that means I'm right on target. I know I'm on the money. I'm here to tell you tonight, when you begin to abrir su bolsillo, el Señor puede hacer grandes cosas y milagros. If you won't understand in English, I'll tell you in Spanish. God's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all. And that includes with our finances. And I'm here to tell you that they're already prophesying and predicting. End of this year's great recession coming. Recession's coming. Recession's coming. Recession's coming. God says, try me. Prove me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Try me. See what happens if you let me do what I can do. And then I think it's time for us to change our perspective when it comes to salvation. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? The world we live in is slightly crazy. I don't know if you or awake, but it's kind of nutty out there. They're not going to come in wearing a tie, in a suit, with three kids, and a mom and a dad, and half a dog. They're coming in messed up. They're coming in tatted all over the place. They're coming in with baggage all over the place. 
And they're coming in wounded. They're coming in hurt. They're coming in abused. Get ready. There's going to be people coming in with safety pins and piercings in places you don't even know, want to know where it is. But they're going to come in hurting, desperate, looking. They have been kicked out of churches because they had tattoos. And we don't believe in churches. But they're going to be coming into a place saying, is there an open door here? Can somebody here help me? Can I tell you something, folks? Let's get a perspective change. You weren't born with a tie on. And ladies, you didn't have your hair all dolled up when you came out. We were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But one day, the grace of God appeared to us and His mercy extended to us and picked us up out of the miry clay. I'm telling you, God can save anybody. And there's people in Norman right now, this morning, that are praying and saying, God, is there really hope for me? His father was a psychotic alcoholic. He is a young man, as a young boy. He had to work the mate fields in Argentina. He never had the full chance to have a full education. He and his family many times would jump out the windows of their little shack where they lived when they heard dad coming down the road at night screaming and cursing because it was safer to spend the night in the jungle than in the house with him. So he escaped to the city and the story is so tragic as it many times is. Coming from the country to the big city, he got in with the wrong crowd chemical substance abuses. He, he was natural born leader and, and after a while he had a band that was, he gathered around and they were robbing people at bus stops at nighttime. And one time he was higher, higher, higher than a kite and he was slipping it off downtown at a park bench when a young lady from the Bible school came by with a track. He was lying there filthy, dirty, smelly, hair matted, awful looking, and just stone passed out. But she laid a track with the Liniere's address, and she put it on his chest, and she said, when you come to yourself, go to this address. There's help. He woke up two days later. That track stayed on his chest like it was glued there. He picked it up. He saw an address and walked barefooted, filthy and dirty, to the church in Liniers and walked in. And there, Brother Carlos Godoy, who was pastor at that time, said, can I help you, young man? And he said, somebody said that I could get help here. Before it was over, he was baptized in Jesus' name that day and filled with the Holy Ghost. It was really, really cool because he went back to his his ban his, his gang and he said we're not robbing tonight we're going to church tonight's Wednesday night we're going to church and the whole bunch of them they filled up two benches the toughest roughest meanest looking people but they were there some of those guys are pastors right now in Argentina from that group can you can you understand Raul de Asis that man went on to become the first national president of the United Pentecostal Church of, of Argentina he was a heroin addict but he had a mom that knew how to pray. He was living with his girlfriend, and, and she was tired of the life that they were living. They'd been to Frisco, and they had been back up to where their home was, and, and, and she said, I'm tired of this life. So she went to a Christmas play. 
And he told her, don't go into that church. Because you'll go down to the front. And they'll start, they'll put their hands on their head and they'll shake you all around and you're going to start crying and makeup's going to smear and, 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 and you're going to be a mess. Don't go to that church. She said, I'm going. Would you like to be married to a lady like that? Don't do that. I'm doing it anyway. She went into that place and she went up to the front and she started crying and she started streaking mascara and she looked like Bozo the Clown. And they walked up to her and put hands on her. And there was one guy that if you didn't get the Holy Ghost, he'd break your neck, shaking you all over the place like that and just kept praying and praying and praying. And Dana got the whole, no, she didn't. She prayed through. She repented of her sins and she walked out. And she was a mess. Her hair was a mess. Her clothes were a mess. And he said, I told you. Next Sunday, he was there. And he walked into that place and walked up to the front. He went down to the altar and was instantly delivered from heroin addiction. No withdrawals, no nausea, no sweat, no shake. <sighs> instantly delivered, speaking in tongues. He'll be preaching in a couple of hours because he's Sister Sponsler's brother. And God instantly and totally delivered him when some people had written him off. But when you look at a soul through God's perspective, nobody's lost. Everybody can be saved. Anyone can be filled with the Holy. <sighs> Let me tell you, throughout the world, people are beginning to believe God's perspective. The country of Peru, why don't you put that first picture up? Just recently, this came. This is a group of people from the, from the uh, Ashanika Indian tribe, an Amazon Indian group, about 55,000 people. But a pastor went in, and over 200 of them have been baptized in Jesus' name, and, and many of them filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the country of Bolivia, in a village near the jungle, an entire village that only speaks the Guarani language. They don't speak Spanish and they don't speak Quechua, which is the kind of the international Indian indigenous language. They only speak Guarani, but they have come in and that man in the center has gone in and many have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And at the Bolivian National Conference, they were able to give out 50 Bibles to that group of people that in the Guarani language and, and God is moving among them and in, in relatives. People that said it can't be done, but folks, it's happening today. Because when you get off of this thought that it's too hard, it's too difficult, it can't, then we say, but God, you can. He came to a Sunday night service. We were preaching in Liniers. He walked in. That young man, he was demon-possessed. He was addicted to drugs. He was heavy into the occult. But he came up to the altar, and it was there. Folks, there wasn't any. Took 18 people to hold that boy down. He's thrashing like a... No, no, no. He just lifted up his hands, and he said, God, I'm so tired. 
and God delivered him and God filled him with the Holy Ghost and God delivered him from the drug addiction and from the occult and all he could do was stand there and hold on to me and then throw his hands up and begin to speak in tongues again. And I'm here to tell somebody today, you're not too far gone. Your past doesn't dictate and determine your present and your future. When you begin to understand that God doesn't look at our failures, He looks at our possibilities. When we begin to understand that there's no one that God can't save. But, but I'm not the right this, I'm not the right that. I'm here to tell you something, folks. Doesn't make any difference. I've been in Kenya. Oh, I love Kenya. I could live in Nairobi. But I'm here to tell you, in that place, God's pouring out His Spirit. In North Korea, in South America, in Africa, in Asia, outpouring of the Holy Ghost and in the United States. And I'm here to tell somebody today, you could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you don't have it, it wouldn't take you any time at all. All you have to do is just ask God to forgive you of your sins. Lift up your hands and begin to worship Him. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's just that simple. It is not hard. I'm sorry, I know I'm supposed to be jumping benches and slinging sweat, but I'm here to tell you it ain't hard. It is not hard. Anybody, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, if you have not repented of your sins this morning, you can. And all you have to do, the Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No conditions, no strings attached, no fine print, just do it and he does it. But you don't know what I've done, I don't care what you've done. You don't know what I've done. So we all have our little secret, don't we? But God, who knows the hearts of men, says, I'll wash it, I'll cleanse it, I'll wipe it clean, and you'll walk out of this place a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. And so throughout the world in these days, just before the second coming of Jesus Christ, a mighty revival is taking place. Souls that are coming in people that are learning a brand new perspective on living for God. People that are understanding that circumstance that happened didn't define me. It became a stepping stone to opportunity in my life. And they're discovering the power of God like they've never known before. But it's going to take a perspective change. If you're willing to take the step of faith, Watch out what God can do. Would you stand? Musicians, you can come. I believe God's going to do something in some hearts today. Some that have been worried, some that have been wondering. God's going to do some great things. Now, if you're just happy with normal, if you're just happy where you are, this ain't for you. Okay? 
I don't want to waste your time, and I don't want you to waste mine. But if you're here today, and you're saying, God, I, I, I want something beyond where I've been. I've prayed, but I want to get deeper into it than I've ever gotten before. I, I believe you for miracles, but I want to see greater miracles. All it takes is a change of perspective. And folks, that's hard for me because I do like to control things. I like to drive. I don't want anybody else driving because I don't trust them, but I trust me. Besides, it's fun. We men are like that sometimes. That's why sometimes it's a little more challenging for a man to get the Holy Ghost because we just don't know if we want to give an unseen spirit control of my mouth. Ladies have no problem. God, take my tongue. I'll talk better than I've ever talked before. But guys are a little different. But I'm here to tell you, men, we men need perspective changes. When we will, your wife will follow, so will your family. And you know what I'd like us to do? I know tonight is faith promise. But I want to challenge this church. Because this morning I woke up real early and I was praying for this service. I just felt like the Lord was telling me the greatest days of Norman are just ahead. And I know I've played around up here. I know I've had a good time. I always do when I preach. I know some of you got tight on me when I talk about finances and I loved it. That's fun. But I'm challenging somebody today. I'm not happy where I am. I want to see greater things. If that's you, would you come up here and just stand at this altar? I'm ready for something greater than has ever happened. The desire's there. See, I'm going to tell you that young man, the servant of Elisha, was not wrong. He just hadn't had a perspective change. He wasn't condemned because all he saw were the chariots. That's natural vision. So ain't nobody down on him. Ain't nobody saying, kid was a jerk, didn't have faith. No, no, no. He, he was doing many times we do. But all it took is to say, open my eyes. And if you'll open my eyes, I can see that those that are with us are more than those that are in this world. I know what the papers are saying. I know what Washington's saying. Man, the Republicans and Democrats, they'd have us believe that everybody's going to hell in a handbasket. But I choose to swim in a different river. I choose to swim in the river of faith, in miracles, and revival. If that's you, this is a private, intimate moment with you and God. Would you lift up your hands? And would you tell God, I'm ready for a change of vision?
just a second, there's going to be a spirit of faith sweep over this congregation. Some of you are going to feel a change start to happen. Some of you young people are going to start to understand. God's got a plan for my life. And God's got a plan for my church. Some of you folks are going to start to understand there's greater things ahead. My life's not over. My, my, my life is not destined just to watch days go by. But there's greater things. There's greater things. Come on, church. Come on. Let's, let's, let's let our faith activate right now. I'm going to trust God like I've never trusted Him before. I'm going to, I'm going to believe Him that, that I can walk down the street and you can use me to witness to somebody and I can bring somebody to the house of God and you're going to show your might powerful in my life. Come on, that's it, church. Let's lift up our voices just a little bit. Let, let's, let's let it go. As we like to say in Pentecost, let's just let it go. And it's happening right now. There is a spirit of faith that's reaching out. God, God, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, it's a good time to lift up your hands and just worship the Lord and begin to speak with other tongues. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. God, you're going to change hearts today. God, tonight is going to be a record-breaking moment. Tonight, we're going to see the glory of God move like we've never seen it before. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located at 3221 North Porter Avenue in Norman, Oklahoma. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.apostolicworship.com. You can call us at 405-329-1285. Or you can email us at info at We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.